Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. And uh, as you can see, we have gone video. This is our first video podcast. This is our first video podcast. We're going to try it out, see if we like the format, see if you guys like the format. As you can see, we are currently testing it out, so this is going to be kind of our mock video thing yeah we have spotlights that came with my right. apartment that we're currently using so we, we might need to we might look at upgrading that to maybe. get a little bit better we built out the full podcast studio right in the corner of ryan's apartment so right that's kind of what we're yeah. working with just seeing how that's gonna go but first things first first we have things a first new segment new uh, segment beer of the week yeah since we're not visual we can actually show people what we're doing and yeah. what we're drinking so we are doing a local beer to wisconsin it is uh the rift IPA from Central Waters Central Brewing, Waters. Amherst, Wisconsin. Out of Amherst, Wisconsin, which is near Stevens Point. If yes. anyone didn't know, and me and Anna actually went there. It's oh, a really the, cool to the brewery. Yeah, it's a really cool tour. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We were actually there like a few years ago when um, it was during like a Madison basketball game when they were playing like some crazy team, and they like, like beat in them. like Superior in Superior. No, 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 no. no. <clears throat> We were, okay. like, watching it because it was kind of crazy because, like, everyone there, they had, like, a projector. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. in their in their Oh, like, because they were in the Final Four a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think yeah, it was that game. Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold up. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Cheers. We got bike glasses. I found, so, I found the bike glasses in Ryan's cupboards, uh, and the reason why I went with this beer this time was because it was in Walmart, and I was in the Walmart liquor section, and it looked pretty good, so... That's what we're rolling with this time. Good choice. Yep. All right, Ryan. We'll get back into the podcast. Uh, what's new with you? What's going on? Um, well, uh, been training. Those are Ryan's Those are cats. cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been doing a bit of training. Um, bit of training? Today, what's a bit of training? Well, I switched down to the <clears throat> mid-volume plan. Mid-volume. And you're doing the trainer road. Trainer road. High volume. Yeah. Sweet spot one. Was what you sweet were spot, doing. I'm sweet spot, spot two now. But now you're in sweet spot yeah. two. Okay. So I think it was a good idea to go down to mid volume. The only thing is, is that the rides are more VO2 or in threshold. Interesting. Which is not kind of how it was last year, right? Because no. you've done the, this whole cycle before. Yeah. So okay. the biggest thing was like today with my workout, like I couldn't hit the the target power so I turned it down by 2% actually okay but it was like at first glance it didn't look like a hard workout so I yeah. was like great you know easy one hour kind of workout thing it ended up being way harder than I expected because it Those was um it was just eight efforts. minutes yeah well this one was like eight <clears throat> minutes just a few watts below FTP okay except every two minutes was a five second sprint oh okay and I thought okay five not a big deal yeah yeah those five second sprints ended up being a lot harder than I thought and like during the workout too I was I was kind of thinking like I was just doing like a workout last week at this power that was like 12 minutes long and but then I started thinking about it and like this week uh I had a hard ride Monday then I had an easy ride Tuesday, but then we played basketball. We had a basketball, basketball game, yeah. which took a lot more out of me than I was expecting. And you put up some buckets. You hustled. Yeah. So, like, you know, it was a I hard, was ba- sore. hard, hard I was basketball sore the game. day after. Yeah. I had not played, like, a basketball game in a long time. At least a year. Last year you were on our team. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> the next day I did a two-hour ride, which just I, I felt destroyed after. 
like two hour like just sweet easy spot. ride no, oh two sweet, hour spot. sweet spot yeah. okay okay um and then yesterday was like my recovery day except me and anna did like a date night uh okay and i don't feel like i really had any recovery yeah um not Anna. So so yeah. <laughs> so yesterday was like yeah today was, today really was cool. not a, not a hard or not so, a good ride. Yeah. So today I think it was kind of the acclimation <clears throat> of or uh, accumulation, not acclimation. That's accumulation. like weather. <laughs> yeah. The accumulation of just not having really any good recovery this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say though, we went to the cannery like wine bar downtown. Oh yeah. It was oh like, yeah. It was like thirty. Food. Yeah, like thirty bucks. You buy like a full bottle of wine. Not bad. It felt so fancy. Like yeah. they just plop a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. They even like they even like uh, like when he brought it out, he like poured it. And he's like, here, you know, make sure it's good. And I'm just like, I don't know what you want me <laughs> to do. I don't drink wine. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, it tastes fine. Yeah. Did you like swirl it around and like put your nose to it? Yeah, but I was I was kind of like thinking in that moment I was like, who is going to be like, no, send this back to like, the seller. He just, like he popped <laughs> it open and he poured it, and I was just like, am I going to tell you no? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I wonder how how do you think many people would say no? I don't think you know what percentage say no, of people it's say supposed no. To be, I think it's kind of the I think five percent. I think it's supposed to be fancy kind of thing. That sounds fancy. I mean, who's who's going to be that guy? To be, especially in Sun Prairie, I get it if you're like in New York and you go into like a super fancy place where you're paying like five hundred dollars for a bottle and yeah. someone's just like here taste it and you're just like that's not, that's not right. This is not my but, typical five hundred dollar bottle of yeah, wine. Yeah, <laughs> not my typical five hundred dollar bottle of wine. But yeah. if you're, I mean, if you're going to like a local place and stuff, yeah, don't be that guy. Nobody's gonna. Yeah. That being said, I did feel fancy the fact that he asked me. Oh, there you go. And I you wasn't going to say good, no. Good fancy response. Yeah. You know, classic. Yes. And yeah. I, I don't uh, know anything about wine. Okay. You know, and so, but I still felt fancy. He actually yeah. asked us, like, oh, what kind of wine do you like? And I was just like, I don't know the wet kind. The, yeah. I mean, what I else no is idea. there? Well, there, so are, there is Anish. dry wine. The yeah. dry wine is described as being dry. Pick. That's good. That's smart. Does Anna, Anna's a wine person, right? Oh, she's like a uh, pink wine person. Oh, okay. Like is bronzy that, kind of oh, stuff. Oh, nice. The good stuff. The, the good stuff. The good stuff. If it's if it tastes like candy and it's pink, I mean, that's her wine. It's her jam. Well, so you got this nice fancy date night and that, you know, like just really affected your recovery and you just had a bad workout today. Yeah. So going forward, you're going to be nixing date nights in, in pursuit of a higher purpose, which is... <laughs> Better recovery and better bike racing. I don't think I'm going to break date nights. Mm, If you were smart, you I'm okay with turning it down 2% if I have to. Okay. I think that's kind of the biggest thing is that if you have to turn it out. Turning the workout down, not the date night down. How do you, yeah. If you have to turn Don't turn the the bottle of wine down. Yeah. Don't don't turn down the bottle. Unless it's bad, you send it back. Yeah, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) $30 bottle of wine. Yeah, send it back. Hello, kitten. Hey, cat. Meow. We had a little cat jump on the table for for the for the audio it's our only guest today. for the audio only listeners. Oh, don't sh- all right. Um, so yeah, had to turn it down a little bit today. So you just started getting into your sweet spot block though, right? You're like no. what three weeks in? Uh, yeah, three weeks into like the yeah. second. Okay, um, so maybe you're a little bit. So more I'm like technically like seven or eight weeks in. How how are you fe- like? I mean, we're in February right now. I feel like February is the hardest month for winter training, for indoor training, just because it's deep into winter. Like everybody that's been like training in Wisconsin for the next season, you've been really hitting it hard inside since December, right? And if you weren't doing cyclocross, probably actually November. So I feel like February is like the hardest month to like really like buckle down and be like, all right, 
got a couple more weeks where I got to like get base going and, but you don't know if March is going to be nice. So like, how are you doing with motivation? Pretty well. That's good. Actually, well, you only ride inside though. So like, yeah, you know, like it's no, it's no biggie for you. No, I, I'm not phased by riding inside. I actually prefer it. Yeah. Um, you know, give me a, uh, cold, dark garage over a nice shiny day anytime. Yeah. You're a psycho. I'm just kidding. <laughs> still, I, I don't know. I like it because it's so convenient. Yeah. And that's like really motivating to me is the convenience of it. I think you know, is it motivating just knowing like what the progress that's been made is, you know, yeah. like sometimes I think like it would be fun to live somewhere like really warm and just do like nice long, slow miles all winter. But then I also think it's kind of, it's like, you don't really know where your fitness is going to be. But also Whereas, like, too, like I want a life outside of bike training. Yeah. So you're not doing t- like crazy hours. I mean, we've talked about no. that before, right? Especially you know, going down two, to two guys with full-time job. Yeah. Especially know. going down to mid volume and like where I still kind of feel like I am progressing at a pretty good rate. Yeah. But you know, it's actually like less time. I don't know. I just kind of feel like all around, like mentally, I feel great. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, like, super important. I know I probably am not as mentally, I don't know where all these cats came from, <laughs> probably not as mentally strong as you are, because February is, like, a bad month for me, dude. I just yeah. want, I want sunlight, I want, like, uh, warm weather, I want to ride outside, even though, like, the weather sucks, and it's, like, not fun. It's windy, like, even when you can ride outside in the Midwest, and anybody from the Midwest can probably relate to this. All of your rides outside are horrible because they're so windy. Like, no matter what direction you're going in, you're going against a headwind. It's usually, like, sloppy, too. Like, the like the roads are, like, super wet and, like, salty and gross. Yeah, it's not until June. I would say June. June. That May is super hit or miss. Yeah, it's super April's gross. Yeah. You might get, like, one day, but, like, June is, like, consistent. Yeah. Where it's, like... Not that, like, it's pretty nice out, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's always windy. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, especially if you're trying to go out for, like, an easy ride and, like, a long ride, it's, like, good luck. It's not going to be, it might be long, but it's not going to be easy. And it's, if you're trying to do, like, a particular workout and, like, trying to, like, build in rest intervals, oh, it's so hard to do when the weather sucks. I feel like I'm doing, like, an infomercial for Trainer Road and Zwift right now, just convincing people that they should give up on outside riding. I would Unless love you're to in June, everyone to just do Trainer Road. June, July, or August. Those are your three months. Go for it. You know, ride outside. Yeah. Yeah. But see, if, you, if you're going to ride outside during those months, June, July, August, which is actually when I do a lot of outdoor riding, but yeah, almost all my then. rides are, like, short, and they yeah. are, like very intense it's just like i'm banging out sprints you're doing your intervals just get it done because i think sprints are like meant to be done outside um oh 100 yeah you should not be doing sprints on the trainer vo2 repeats are better to do on the trainer sprints are better to be done outside we don't really have a lot of long stretches of roads to do a lot of those workouts like if you're doing like an eight minute interval i don't know I really don't know many roads where you can ride on it hard for eight minutes without having some kind of like small intersection like that exists or that's flat. That's like completely flat. Mm -hmm. Like, like Wisconsin's flat, but there's a lot of different intersections, even in the country. And then there's a lot of undulation when you're like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you live in like a nice, nice place, will you stop playing with my glasses? Uh, if you live in a nice place, you know, like you probably have a nice climb. Um, we've got some friends 
Shout out to Tommy and Jordan that live in Colorado. You've got like all these wonderful climbs that are like different lengths and you can kind of use those climbs for intervals, right? But unless you've got like a decent climb, it's pretty hard to do. Well, I feel actually, like with climbs, you still have undulation. Like it goes from very steep to not very steep to steep, you know? That it's is still, true. There's, like it's more consistent that you don't have to like stop and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, and it's nicer that you can go slower but hit the same power targets, but um, I still think you have that same, like, you have to be consistently changing your your speed and whatnot to match, like, your power. That's true. There was, there was like, a pro, and I forget exactly who it was. I want to say it was Mitch Docker, but that not, might not be true. Um, that made, like, some kind of tool where you could, like, oh, yeah. put it on. It's, it's like, I know. essentially, uh, it's, like, a brake. It was the Australian national champion of 2018. Time trial? No, uh, road. Road. Yeah. I don't know who... I can't think of who I that don't know. was. I don't know if... I th- don't think he's a world tour rider. Oh, really? I think really? he's a like, continental... So it's probably guy. not Mitch Docker then. No, it's I, not. I don't know why I was I know he that. uses it. <clears throat> okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Either that or one of the other... Um, guys on like Michelton Scott were using it but essentially what it is is like a device that you put on your wheel and it like slows you down so if you're doing a 20 minute effort and normally you'd be going you know I don't know 21 22 miles an hour and you can't find a flat road that long you put this thing on your wheel and it slow you down to where you can get your your uh, recommended effort or power level out but you're only going like 15 miles an hour yeah, the whole point of it is that you can that you can ride with other people. Yeah, but still get a workout in. Yeah, like sure. the guy, one of the guys was talking about it. Like I think it was a different guy. Yeah, but he was talking about it. He uses it on his recovery rides so that he can ride with his wife on like his recovery days. Yeah, and that makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, I would use it so I could ride with my wife. Because, it's really a good idea. Yeah, I would also love to get my wife an e-bike. But it was very cool. Those are more expensive. Yeah. I think they're starting to come down in price. You know, I was doing the math and I was actually like looking into it and I could probably get to work faster or at the same time that I currently do on an e-bike versus my car because I can go like 25 miles an hour on the bike path, which seems like kind of funny. Like when you think about it, like I was going to work a couple days ago and I was crossing a bike path and I saw a guy in a fat bike hauling and it looked like he had some kind of conversion kit on his e-bike he was in no way going under 25 miles an hour and he was just hauling on this fat bike on the bike path that's like that's like a small scooter or even like a large scooter at that point to be honest though like i don't know how i feel about that on like bike paths because i don't think you know like people are meant to go that fast on a bike path just because of like there's so many like um quick like there, a lot yeah. of bike paths aren't straight. There's a lot of stopping and going. There's a lot of other people, you know. Um, I get, I get the argument against why you yeah. wouldn't want it. It's like, great for honestly, it's it's like the way to commute. Oh, 100 percent. Like if you have any form of traffic that you run into and you're less than, I don't know, 30 miles away from work and you have like a good income and can afford one, an e-bike is for sure the way to go. Like I would love to get one. But also, you don't get sweaty. Correct. That's you can kind put of my it, thing. Is crank like, it all the way up in a yeah. turbo and just like cruising to work. That was kind of my thing with biking to work. Like when I did bike to work, like I would get there and I'm sweaty. Yeah, for sure. And it, it wasn't really in the morning. Actually, the bike rides in the morning were really nice because it was kind of chilly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bike rides at like lunchtime or after work yeah. were so hot. I can tell you what would be sweet, and I was looking into this too. 
is having an e mountain bike with like full suspension they that already have that i know that's what i mean i would love to have one of those that would be so sick because think about like you know like think about going out to the trails one day and like you just want to like session the downhills and it's like we live in wisconsin so there's no such thing as lift access mountain bike trails there's not really even that many downhills you could just go over and over again like all day long just like sessioning downhills at, our, at your local mountain bike park you know you you're looking at me like like you just can't even fathom that e-mountain bike but to be honest i've never really understood the you can't be on there i've never really understood the point of an e-downhill bike that's that's like the only reason. That's like the Unless best case. Unless you are going for, up and up and down. But yeah. At the same like having time, something with like hundred sixty millimeters of suspension that can just like like do 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 go up the hill and then you can get to the top and then just like hit the downhill. I feel like there's not like I can see more of like an enduro bike because people that's like kind of what people do with enduro, you know. But well, I feel like if you have like a legit downhill bike, you're not like looking to ride uphill. Well, no, I'm not saying so. Like you, you wouldn't have a legit downhill bike if you lived in the Midwest because there's there's no downhill parks unless you go to like the really small ones. I'm gonna check that. Ryan's is checking on our uh, our video live stream right now. Something just we heard a noise, Um, but yeah, I mean, what what's it looking like, champ? We good? Well, it's it stopped recording. I don't know why. Are we are we back on? We are back on. All right, we're back on. Yeah, I mean, right, for, we're back. It makes it makes sense for where we live because there's no downhill parks. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of lift access places. Yeah, there's no lift access yeah. places. Did you watch the cyclocross world championships? I did. You did. Yeah. I I actually did not, but I know who won. I have uh, NBCSN or not NBC. Uh, yeah. NB- NBCSN Gold Cycling The Sports Pass. Network. Yeah. Yeah. And the Cycling we don't, Pass. We don't talk a lot about in big international races, but world champs, I think, are something that we talk about sometimes. What'd you, what were your thoughts? I... Okay, so two thoughts. Wasn't surprised that Matthew Vanderpool won the men's race. And uh, Tom Pidcock coming in second... That was like a little surprising. I was surprised about that. It was he like, actually he won the U twenty three the day before. Oh, did he? Yeah, I didn't know he did both. He did both. Oh, that's kind of cool. So, did he? What was the gap? It was like it was still like a it was big like a gap, minute right? and a half, minute from, and minute and like twelve seconds or something yeah, like that. And then so, but from him to the next guy was like pretty short. It was like only like it was like ten or less seconds. How do you feel when you get second in the world championship, but you're still like a minute behind? the guy that won pretty good you think when so? you're only like 22 years old is that all these yeah oh okay i mean it's impressive going against matthew vanderpool like no doubt is super impressive um i will say i feel like matthew vanderpool was just like yeah i'm gonna do this today and I he mean, just kind of showed up he won the world championships last year yeah i know but i don't think he raced at all today i'm probably, or, i mean I, like i mean this, this i feel year, like i'm there's people going what are you talking about but i feel like he did not like do much racing this year yeah like uh cyclocross i mean he wasn't he did like a big road and a big mountain season so like he didn't start he didn't start the year with a lot of racing and then he came into the season i think in like october and november and started like started out like good and then just got better and better and better and better i mean everybody kind of remembers him at like the world world championships because he had that like epic blow up oh he, remember right. he was in like yeah. the race winning breakaway and he just like 
stop. Like, you literally, like, just couldn't pedal anymore. Mm. So he was only, like, a few miles away. Yeah, he just, like, blew up. Yeah. He just bonked. I, how do you feel about, so far, because um, the world champ has been in a few races. How do you kind of feel about the world champion this year? Uh, Mads Pedersen? Yeah. So, like, I was reading some some articles. I think it was on cycling tips, maybe. And <clears throat> the guy seems like he doesn't like the attention. So, like, he doesn't like to do, like, the interviews. He doesn't like to have the spotlight on him. Um, See, I feel I, like... Um, I, I'm actually a big fan of, like, the favorite yeah. getting the world championship or the world champs jersey because I think you want you want to see that jersey at the front of the race. I always, Like, that one Valverde. People don't like Valverde, yeah. and I understand why. But I, I thought he was, like, a great person to have the world champs jersey. And same, with really? with, same thing with Sagan, too. Because I feel like the, Sagan and um, Valverde, <clears throat> though, are, like, opposite spectrums. Yeah, but they won a bunch of races. Did he? Different did types of races. Even win races last oh, yeah. year? Yeah, he got some wins last okay. year. Yeah. Or at least he was at the front of the race. Okay. So, like, yeah. he felt like the best guy had the jersey. And I guess, you know, it kind of doesn't matter. It's like, it's one. It's a one-day race, so, like, you just have to show up that day and make sure you're, you're the best one. And, like, yeah. Pedersen did that. Like, he was, like, the strongest one of that group, for sure. That's how he got mm-hmm. by Trenton in a sprint, who's a good sprinter. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, like, I always <clears> kind of think about like cycling and how I don't know if it's like the culture of like the nations are from like the European culture of kind of like like when your races kind of keep your head down you know answer, sure. answer the questions media ask but yeah like no personality don't have any personality yeah it never makes sense to me I feel like that's kind of why I mean people are so like uh, die hard like football fans and they love people like Richard Sherman or um they follow things like Antonio Brown. You know, everyone was following like what's going on with him because he was so outspoken and stuff. Doesn't oh, matter if you right. really like him or not. <clears throat> People like to hear about you, you like the entertainment value. Yeah, and I feel like there's such a lack of that in in cycling, especially yeah. like Peter Sagan like trying to change that, and then like other racers are like looking down on him for it. And it's just like, you know, you guys are like first and foremost entertainment. Yeah, you know, right. without the entertainment aspect, there is none of this. Yeah, I'd so agree like with that. You gotta real. I feel like people need to realize that and start kind of building a brand. Speaking of entertainment, brand building, and cycling, what are your thoughts on the move of a lot of professional cyclists to uh, end their pro cycling road careers in pursuit of brand ambassador, pro gravel careers? It seems like this year there is a lot of professional cyclists retiring in in the US particularly and and making their foray into a full-time gravel calendar. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, just name a few. <clears throat> um and I'll let you get to your thoughts in a second. Ian Boswell, um Peter Stetna, uh TJ Eisenhardt, and he's like on a Ted team. King is the big one. Te- I mean, Ted King was the first guy to do yeah. it, but he did it before it was the cool thing to do. So and he's, he's like started, an OG. He he realized there was that the, like, the market, the environment, market, yeah. And then he he also started to make a brown brand for himself Ted, around it. Ted King didn't really make his money from doing the gravel races though. He has his like untapped company. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where he started. Like that's where he got his his foundation from and then he kind of built his following through the gravel races. And it's also what I sense. wish Phil Guyman would have done. Oh, yeah? I mean, that, I don't think he's ever been interested in gravel, really. Well, just I in general. Know. It doesn't have to be gravel. It's just yeah. 
like uh, he he really like leaned into trying to do the whole like YouTube thing, and he keeps like I kind of I still follow it, and he always posts like oh big so, things are coming, and it's just like he's been doing the same thing, which it was kind of cool at first. Like I'm gonna take KOMs of ex professionals, um, but it, it's kind of like after like three or four years of doing that, a little it's, tired, it's kind of old. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it just like it's not for me at least. Like I don't find it super interesting. Um, yeah. What are okay? So, like, what are your general thoughts though on on the gravel retirement thing? I think it's as great. A, as a whole, like the movement, right? I think um, it's riders finding that they can still have a career without the like stress. I think that <clears throat> the whole idea that bike racing is at that high of a level is fun i think it's kind of a weird idea mm-hmm. like even when you look at other professional sports at like the very like pinnacle of performance and at the top end of things nobody's having fun it's a job you know so like i kind of think it's weird that everybody comes to the same conclusion that they're not having fun doing road racing and oh well, some people get injured so like that's a different thing i guess but like you know they're not having fun doing it so they just want to hang it up and do gravel because it's fun and it's like I don't know I mean I don't really see that as like being it's like if you don't want to have a road career like I totally get that but like I'm sure there's things about gravel racing full time that are not very fun and that kind of again it's turns the that, long days it, it turns into well that that then turns into your job yeah so like I don't know I think it'll be interesting now that we have like so many pros doing this to see like what their perspectives are after a year of doing the gravel and maybe i'm wrong maybe they have like an awesome time and they just like like that way better but also too the the idea of like um you know people who train a lot and stuff like they get to those things and where it's a mass start in your head it's like i'm gonna try to keep up with him oh yeah and it's like you know you're not you're but it's trying like, to screw just yeah. the it's kind of a cool idea to be like i'm gonna try to keep up with him for as long as i can yeah I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I feel like, um, you know, if these races were smart, they would really lean into it. Oh, yeah. Like, like really hot. Like, like how, like... Yeah. I would... Okay, so if I had a gravel race, what I would do is I would give, like, all the pros their, like, little tracker. So mm-hmm. they've got their number. And then everybody else in the amateur field, I would have, like, a category where you could look at your statistics or your data, and you could see, like... How long did I stay on the same pace as like uh, Ted King, or mm-hmm. like how long can I like keep up with Peter Stetna, or oh I was just as fast as the pros in this section. So you have like that like wave one pros, but then you can also have like all of like the average Joes be like how did I like stack up in this gravel race? I think that'd be cool. I think people would get into that. Yeah, like that extra like I think it'd be so stuff. funny too because they would try to race the pros so hard. Yeah, like they were just like out of the gun. You'd have like fifty people just like right on their wheels. Like I'm gonna try to stay with like Ted King. For yeah, the but that's race. kind of the fun of it. People like that. Yeah, yeah they like that. They're yeah. kind of there for you know. It's pretty cool. If they're gonna really lean into it, they have to. That's kind of gonna be every single race. Yeah. So with all the gravel racing coming out and all these pros making the transition, are we going to see? Six million pro gravel cyclist YouTube channels this year. No, you don't think so. No, I think I think it's really positive that, um, and kind of what I was saying before about the entertainment aspect is that I think it's great that a lot more team teams are like kind of leaning towards that um, 
let's create a brand for ourselves. You know, Michelton yeah. Scott was kind of the first team to do it. I feel like in five years, EF Education will have an entire alternative racing calendar team. That That's yeah. all they do. Mm-hmm. They're under the same umbrella, but none of those guys are doing uh, pro UCI road races. Sure. They're all doing bike packing trips and gravel racing and mountain biking. Like, that's their thing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And I'm sure, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of Americans that are, like getting towards the end of their career, yeah, you know sure. that are all like world tour and mountain bike alike, you know. Yeah, I feel like there's there is like a solid group of guys who, like, just like five guys well, who could do that. A lot of the big like uh, popular mountain bike races in the U.S. are not like super hard mountain bike. Like they're the races that anybody can do, like Leadville. Yeah, like it's not super technical. Um, I'm sure there's like I know the Epic Ride series; those are more technical. But yeah, they're they're like literally races like anybody can do. Yeah. So that's why they're kind of appealing in the broad sense of like you can be a pro roadie and show up to Leadville and do really well, hardly riding a mountain bike. You're gonna struggle some at some points. But and if like bikes, bike brands really want to sell bikes, tell like put those guys. Yeah. On like you know on their stuff because the thing about gravel is that's so new. Yeah. That if like someone's like yeah I ride a Cannondale you know. Um, Whatever their gravel bike is. I forgot what it's, what it's called. Uh, isn't it? Well, it used to be the Slate. Yeah, they used to be the Slate, but now it's something, something else. Something else. They used like, their, their cross bike for a while. Yeah, they used the cross yeah, bike and stuff. Like, but they say, then people yeah, are going to be like, okay, well, he rides that. I'm just going to get the lower version of it. I think, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting year because a lot of these bike brands are American companies. So they're going to have a whole year of all of these like new uh, pros showing up to gravel races. And they're going to see, okay, how many bikes did, can we attribute to selling via these gravel pros who show up at like pretty broad sporting events, like broad mass participation sporting events? How many can we attribute to selling by being at the Tour de France and then all these other races? And what's the better ROI? And I think they might start to find out that the gravel scene is a better ROI for selling bikes. And that might even lead into having maybe like more of a like pro presence at Fondos. Like if yeah. they find out that oh we're selling so many more gravel bikes because you guys are at Dirty Kanza, uh, maybe that means that they're gonna want people to go to like the big Fondos and like all of a sudden pro road just means pro mass participation road events in the US yeah. at least I don't know like, I think there will always be the tour yeah. like, I think there's always going to be, like, be the tour big bike races the classics and yeah. stuff but like they might trim away all those like small races like, you know the, what I mean the tour of California like they, I, there's no longer a tour of California what if right, they just did right. like a one weekend three day like gravel like tour it'd be interesting yeah I mean that's kind of like, like a mass start that's kind of like Steamboat there was like yeah. some serious money at Steamboat gravel they'd probably year. make more money doing that than they did during the tour of California um, I mean, they made money. The Tour of California yeah. made money yeah, for like a money. long time. And that's the yeah. issue. Like, I mean, you look at Trek, and I think Trek and Specialized are in two very different spots. And Trek, I uh, I feel like has a super underrated team. They don't really get. They have the world champion, sure. I mean, yeah, but you can't say they're underrated. That, they have the world champion. But outside of that, like they're not going to they win. Have, they're not going to win the tour. It's like did, they're they not going to win the Giro. Like their their big GC rider took like thirteenth. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not getting the results on the the world tour stage. So it's like how much right? money are they putting into that where they're not like even winning bike races? Yeah, I mean versus I don't, specialized I don't know. where they just sponsor. 
the bike. Like they just give the bikes, and they. I mean, well, they I mean, are big specialized big, sponsors yeah. like the biggest they have, tour yeah, teams. They I mean, are the biggest ones, and they get a lot of wins. Look at um, Alejandro Valverde, or not? Valverde. No, that's um, that's most. Al Philippe. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they've sponsored the arguably the two the two biggest teams, which are uh, not the two biggest, but Quick Step. And then Bora, yeah. who Bora had the world champ for three Peter years, Sagan, which Peter he Sagan, like won a yeah. race on one of they, he rode in a lay during the, um, what is it the, the tour, tour down, down under, under right? won a race. I love that so much. It's like, are you kidding me? How many lays did they sell just off of that? I don't know. I don't think they sold that I many. Think that, I think I they know. sold a lot of lays because like Maybe. when people are looking yeah, at yeah, that's new, true. Like, it's good lights. marketing, right? It's good marketing. Yeah. yeah, the marketing in the bike industry is so interesting to me, just because they're so like. There's so much that's just like completely random. But also, like, Ryan, I'm looking at the bottom of your glasses. Do you guys even clean the bottom uh, of your glasses? No, it's our dishwasher. Yeah, Ugh. terrible. Sorry, terrible. You're doing the worst. I only I like only notice it too because I'm at the bottom of my beard oh, and I'm yeah, just looking yeah. at this like it's not like, like dirty, dirty, you know. But it's but dirty. It's, yeah. Uh, any, right. Anyways, let's not let's not pay We're attention. We're at um, 33 minutes. Oh, okay. So why don't we like start wrapping it up? <sighs> Sounds good. All right. Wrapping it up. Uh, well, uh, Ryan, you never ask about how like my training's going. Oh, how's your training been going? It's Rick? been going. Good. Are you still in the in the storage shed? I do. I am in the storage shed. I mix it up between. So like a little bit of context. Uh, I've gotten a couple noise complaints in my apartment using a trainer. Um, it's just is your trainer weird. loud. It it rattles. I mean, oh. my current trainer is not that loud, but I've rattled like the the floorboards to a point where I guess it vibrates my neighbor's doors. I don't know. I think they're babies. But I go between. Uh, I have a little storage shed in the in the garage that I'll like have my trainer set up in. So I'll do some riding there. I go to the YMCA and they've got power bikes there with clips. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, with clips too. So I'll do some workouts there. Do you ever bring like a like a wrench? And then oh you they mean, have clips on they the have bikes. clips oh I thought bikes. you meant just like the toe clips like they go over your toe they have both they have both both yeah that's cool which is pretty nice so I can just do workouts like at the YMCA I for sure sweat the most out of anybody there because I'm just trying well, do you bring a towel try. yeah okay they've got towels there YMCA is great I you should get on the headband gang honestly my hair's kind of long I might get on the headband gang it is honestly one of the uh, biggest like unknown things that I started doing. Yeah, because today like it's I like a, it was like a big '80s thing, you know. Sweatpants. Well, I couldn't find my headband today, and like ha- like I got into the first interval, and I had like sweat getting into my eyes and oh, stuff. Yeah, and like it was just so annoying. You also wore one to our basketball game, and you played great. Yeah, so honestly, I think, I think might be the I think sweatband. headbands are the most like unknown, like the best unknown thing. If you want to like upgrade <laughs> you're like, you're your like, training. <laughs> Like nobody knows about sweatpants. Nobody, well, how many nobody people uses sweatpants? Nobody uses. I didn't think sure. that they did so much, but they do so much. Yeah. Go get a sweat. Go get a sweatband. Tell them I sent you. <laughs> Tell <Use> our, <laughs> sweatband ink. <laughs> use our Amazon code. Yeah, in the link in the description. Um, but yeah, I mean my my training's going good, so I'll go do some workouts. There's a sauna. I've been saunaing after sauna. workouts, which is bad for recovery. Good for adaptation. No, it's good for recovery. No, no, no. Bad for recovery. Good for adaptation. No, it's fine. Um, for it is fine for recovery. It's hot tub that you're supposed to avoid. How is the trainer road guys do uh do the sauna after like oh, every ride? 
I think there goes the thing. There goes the thing. We're just, it must only do we're a just, certain amount. We're just adjusting our uh, our video setup because this is our first video podcast, so we're figuring that right, out as back. we go along. Anyways, uh, yes, saunas are okay. So that's news to me. I guess I always thought heat in general was really bad. Like you, you want to bring down inflammation and hot environments promote inflammation in the muscles. So I always thought it was bad for recovery and good for adaptation, but it's good to hear that it's actually not bad the for the road guys put a sauna in their office yeah. so that oh, like, it's so great. they could jump into the sauna afterwards. It's because, amazing how many naked yeah. men you can pack into a small sauna as well. <laughs> Cause like you can, um, cause what it does for you is that just doing like a sauna for a few minutes after a hard ride. Yeah when your body temperature is high mm-hmm. gives you like a ton of heat acclimation yeah 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 for sure and that's like way more important than being cold acclimated which is i mean unless you're i guess a cyclocross mm-hmm. racer not that important really not that important. so yeah i've been doing that and then some weight and some weight some weight lifting and uh yeah training's going good for me too nice and cool. consistent not burnt out at all so that's my number one goal is to get some training in and don't cook myself all right but I think that's going to be it, right, that's Ryan? It. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try to put the video together, seeing this is our first video podcast, and uh, we'll post that out once we get everything, I don't know, figured out. We're learning as we go, so we'll Didn't keep everybody posted. realize that the camera would turn off every, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, so. that might be a slight hiccup, but yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, but anyways, Ryan, I mean, everybody can find us on all your favorite social media channels. Facebook is where we find or post most of our episodes. I'm going to try to make the YouTube channel Bike Race Weekly. We are, we actually have a YouTube channel. Oh, we do? Yeah, we just don't have anything on it. Oh, is it Bike Race Weekly? Bike Race Weekly. Excellent. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. But till next time, well, Ryan, do you have anything else? I have nothing else. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up then. All right. Until great. next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching this time, and we'll see you later. Bye.